1: Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with Brother Joe Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Now, here's your host.
2: Hey folks, this is Joe Rusiello and welcome to another episode of the Sword of the Spirit podcast and thank you so much to every one of you that's been tuning in over the last several weeks as as we've uh, kicked this off. Uh, Got a lot of bumps in the roads. you know, I'm not a professional at this and, you know, we're working to get better every day. Um, But I want to say thank you to those of you who have stuck with us uh, and for taking the time out of your day, you know, whenever that is and wherever you are uh, to listen and to tune in. Uh, it really does mean a lot to us, and we're thankful to have you. Uh, while you're here, why don't you pay a visit to our website, uh, Sword of the Spirit Podcast Sword of the Spirit Podcast com, and uh, why don't you send us uh, some comments, some questions, or prayer requests? And you can very easily do that by going to the contact us form on uh, the last page of the website. Just fill out that form, just fire it off. I'll get it, and uh, you know we'll read all of those and and. Um, you know, We'll uh, try to accommodate where we can. We'll add you to a prayer list if that's what you request, and uh, it would be great to get some feedback. Uh, if you don't want to use the contact form, you could feel free to email me directly at info at dot com, and uh, I'll be happy to get back to you on that as well. And uh, also, while you're on the website, uh, there's a uh, contact us, I'm sorry, there's a uh, support this podcast button. On the homepage and on the contact page, um, if the Lord leads you and if you feel so inclined to do so, uh, you can click that button and you could uh, you could support us for ninety nine cents a month, four ninety nine a month, or nine ninety nine a month. However, the Lord leads you, however your budget allows you to do it, it uh, it would be a real blessing uh, for us, for you, and for everybody else. Because, uh, for example, uh, last week. Uh, the Lord led a lady by the name of Kimberly to help support us and she did so and and we just want to say thank you to Kimberly and uh, and just let you know that that contribution that Kimberly made went to purchase that amazing audio clip that we played uh, right before the intro music kicked in and um, that was a real blessing and uh, so again Kimberly thank you and uh, folks if you want to be a part of the ministry and you want to get involved here and help us keep these lights on and keep the computers going and keep all the the uh, platforms on running that we're on uh you could do that just by clicking that button and uh and helping us helping us out here so uh again that's uh the support this podcast um, button on our homepage and our contact us page on our website at Sword of the spirit podcast.com um i think it's also on if you're listening on anchor.fm there's a, uh, a support this podcast button there. And I think also on Spotify, if I'm not mistaken. But either way, you can get to us through our, through our website. And uh, we would look forward to it. So uh, getting into it this morning. Uh, today is uh, Memorial Day. And uh, it's, a, it's a solemn day. I, I always felt it was. Uh, it's a day where we remember the, those folks that have uh, given themselves or sacrifice themselves in their lives for our freedoms and uh, it's a it's an important day it's an important day and so today as we go into prayer I would like us to remember the families of those folks that have gone on and sacrificed for us so that we could be here sitting behind a microphone like this and uh, you know talking and and, and, and having the freedom to speak and all the other freedoms that, uh, that were protected by them. So uh, just remember them in your prayers, um, and we should be thankful for them and their service. Um, also, as we pray this morning, please remember to pray for uh, Bernice and Adam. Uh, Bernice is uh, a woman in our church out here in Eagle Pass that, um, that uh, has cancer. We've spoken about this before. We've mentioned her before. We've been praying for her for a while. Uh, The good news is and this is definitely an answer to prayer is that the treatments that she's been getting has 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 been um, has been helping. She is not feeling as sick as she did after the last round of treatment so we're just thankful to the Lord for that and uh, Just pray that he would continue to uh, just touch her and touch Adam and the doctors that are treating her and Just to lead them into the appropriate methods of treatment Um, We also want to pray for salvation for my mom for my sister for my granddaughter, uh, my in-laws, and then also my friend David back in Brooklyn, um, where I grew up. David's a good friend of mine. We've been friends for many, many years, and uh, I think I met David when I was 12 years old, and he moved into our neighborhood, and uh, you know, he's a good guy. You know, Morally speaking, he's a good man, but, uh, but he's lost, and he needs to get saved. I've witnessed to him many times over the uh, 20-plus years that I've been saved, and um, he's rejected the gospel every time. So uh, I reached out to him recently. I think I mentioned this already too, but we've reached out to him recently and uh, tried to talk to him about it, but again, he rejected the gospel. So just keep David in prayer, please. He does need to be saved. And then also um, we have a prayer request for Pastor Arthur Martin, who also is a friend of mine and uh, even more so a friend and mentor to my, uh, to my pastor uh, out here at church. Um, he has a number of health issues and uh, we just want to lift him up in prayer and to keep the, for the Lord to keep him strong. So Heavenly Father, we ask you just to, to hear our prayers this morning on this, uh, this very special Memorial Day. Lord, help us to remember those families that, uh, that lost loved ones to, uh, to protect us and the freedoms that we have here in this country. And Lord, we're thankful for that and we're thankful that we, we still have the liberties that we have. Uh, Father, we also want to pray for, uh, for, for Bernice and for Adam. Uh, for their needs, Lord. We also want to pray for salvation for my mom, my sister, and my granddaughter. We want to pray for salvation for my in-laws as well, and also for my, my good friend David back in New York. Uh, Lord, we pray that uh, you would just reach down and just shake him and get him saved. And then, Lord, also we want to pray for Pastor Martin, uh, for all the health issues that he's been currently dealing with. And, Lord, we just pray that you would just touch him, uh, bring healing, and, Lord, bring comfort to him in these, uh, these golden ages, Days of his life. And Father God, we thank you. We commit all these things to you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So, uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to take a little bit of a deeper look at this thing that we call the rapture. So, we're going to be continuing on our study from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, but we're just going to park on the theme of the rapture uh, for this lesson here. And when we come back from this song, we're gonna get right into the study. So while we're at a break, go grab your King James Bible, grab yourself your cup of coffee, your bottle of water, and a comfortable chair, and open up the first Thessalonians chapter four, and we'll pick up the study right after this song. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusciano, and I uh, hope you grabbed your Bible uh, and opened it up to First Thessalonians chapter four. Um, and that was a great song, wasn't it? "Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord." It's taken out of the Psalms, and uh, very good song. I love it. It's one of my favorites, I think. And uh, I have so many favorites, don't I? I think every song I tell you is one of my favorites, but. Um, But let's get into the study here. Like I said, we're going to look a little bit deeper into uh, this thing that we call the rapture. All right. And uh, we've heard it called other things, I'm sure. Um, We've we've heard it called things like the upper taker. You know, I'm not looking forward to the undertaker, but I'm certainly looking forward to the upper taker. Amen. Amen. Um, I've heard it called the taking away. And I've heard people refer to it as, you know, the exodus, you know, but whatever it is. Uh, it's it's something that we that we're looking forward to uh now there 's a verse in the psalms that i 'd like to take a look at this morning so uh would you take your bibles and turn over to psalm fifty five psalm fifty five and uh we 'll look at a couple of verses that david wrote that are that are pretty appropriate for this psalm fifty five you see even david had a mind to get away amen uh psalm fifty five and verse one Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise. He doesn't seem too happy here, does he? No, he doesn't. Uh, Because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. For they cast iniquity upon me, and in wrath they hate me. My heart is sore pained within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me and horror hath overwhelmed me and I said oh that I had wings like a dove for then I would fly away and be at rest now you know that's exactly what's going to happen at the rapture you know we're just going to fly away and be at rest and I can't wait (laughs) I really can't wait I don't have anything that's so important on my schedule that I wouldn't mind missing for the rapture amen Uh, I mean you know some days you have good days and some days are just rough and when I have days like that man I'm just ready to go I'm just ready to go. But in the meantime, you know, we should study about it. We should read about it. And uh, I mean, because there are things that, that, um, that can be gained by doing that. And, uh, I think one of the things that can be gained by studying the rapture and what's going to happen there is comfort, comfort. We can be comforted. Let's head over to first Thessalonians, first Thessalonians. And, uh, you know, it's very comforting, at least I think so, and I hope you do too as a Bible believer. It's very comforting to read the promises that God has for us. All right, First Thessalonians chapter 4, and let's start in verse 13. Uh, this is a classic passage concerning the rapture. Uh, verse 13, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. So he's referring to people that have died. All right, and you know we've talked about this before. Their bodies had fallen asleep. That was last week. Uh, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall remain then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And I love this verse, wherefore comfort one another with these words. So when we read these words and hear these words, they should bring comfort to us. We have this great hope that will be taken out of here, and that we will have rest. So it's a beautiful promise and we can comfort one another with it. Let's look over in chapter 5, same book, chapter 5, and uh, verse 9. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together, and edify one another, even as also ye do. You know, people need comfort, right? Right? I mean there are times when you're floundering around and you don't feel like you're having a good day or or just that you know things are kind of closing in on you, like we read in the psalm. I mean that sounded pretty bleak, didn't it? But at the same time, we have things that are available to us to bring us comfort. All we have to do is take advantage of them. You know, being a Bible believer, we have a huge advantage because this book is where it's at. You know, and it's not anywhere else. It's not an empty philosophical ramblings, you know, what you do here sometimes. You know, I was surfing through some religious channels and and I stopped on, on this one program and I forget who it was, but, you know, he said, you don't need to study the Bible. Just make a difference in somebody's life. And I'm thinking to myself, what's that supposed to mean? What are you talking about? You know, you can make a difference in somebody's life by hitting them in the face with a two-by-four, can't you? Right? I mean, this is it right here, folks. It's right here in this book. If you ignore this, then, you know, we just might as well go fishing, you know, or or just go home, you know. There's no comfort, really, in anything else. There really isn't. Nothing that lasts, anyway. Nothing that lasts. Um, And, and think... <clears throat> Let's think about this now. So what else can be gained by studying about Christ's about Christ's coming? What else could be gained about studying about Christ's coming? Well, we had comfort. Well, how about moderation? How about moderation? Let's look over in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 5. And Just give me one second here. I've got a little something in my throat. <clears> throat> All right. Philippians chapter four and verse five says, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. So we have a responsibility and based on the promises in front of us here to live a certain way. Okay. Uh, you don't get too high and you don't get too low when people see you freaking out about something or, or, or when people see you crying, or eyes out about something and it may be legitimate. It may not. But, um, what we've got to try to do as Christians is maintain a moderation about us because we have a foundation under us that an unsaved person doesn't. Isn't that right? So we've got a responsibility to demonstrate that to unsaved people. And we have opportunities to do that. So our moderation should be known unto all men. So what else can we gain by studying? Well, we had comfort. We had moderation. Well, how about purification? Purification. Uh, Let's go over to 1 John, 1 John, in 1 John chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. So we have a hope that nobody else has. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, we trust in him. We trust in his promises. The hope purifies us. So we have an obligation. So, you know, we should not only comfort each other with these words, but we should be familiar with them and know where those passages are. And if you're having a day where you need to be comforted, you need to be encouraged, then you look up those verses. So we can be purified by studying his coming. Well, how about godly living? That's a good one, godly living. Let's go over to Titus. Let's go over to Titus chapter 2. And this is a beautiful passage. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Well, that's a lot of material in those four verses, amen? And you could probably get at least five sermons out of that. Godly living is something that should be a product of us studying Christ's coming. We have such a great promise. We have all these things that have been promised to us. We have all these things that he's already done for us. I mean, salvation. I mean, that's something that can never be taken away. And on top of that, he's promised reward for us and to take us to live with him forever. And you can't do better than that. It's really amazing when you think about it. The least that we can do is live a life the way he'd like us to live. Amen? Amen. As an example to folks, especially unsaved folks, you know, uh, not only just to each other, but to even unsaved folks. Something else that can be gained is patience. How about patience? James chapter 5. James chapter 5 and verse 11. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. So he says just be patient. And do what you're supposed to be doing, which is loving each other, preaching the word, helping each other out, just be patient. Now we studied last week about the Thessalonians, or maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, how they were kind of jumping the gun, you know, they were quitting their jobs and all that kind of stuff, and you know, waiting around for the coming of the Lord. Paul was making the point look you guys shouldn't be doing this don't quit your jobs don't stop doing what the Lord has directed you to do keep on keeping on and be patient so now after looking at those things uh, we're going to take a short break and when we come back we're going to get into what the rapture involves so stick with us this is Joe Rusiello in the Sword of the Spirit podcast and we'll be right back
1: people steal They cheat and lie for wealth and wine.
2: Welcome back, folks. This is Joe Rusiello, and this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We're studying 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We're looking a little bit deeper into the rapture, and uh, what we're going to get into right now are the three things, three big things that the rapture involves, and those three things are the leaving, the listening, and the looking. Now, the leaving at the rapture involves two groups of people that will be leaving, okay? First it's the dead in Christ. Let's go to First Thessalonians chapter 4 one more time, and let's look at verse 14. First Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, chapter 4 and verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So again, these are people that are sleeping or have died. Their soul is with the Lord Jesus Christ, which, he, which he'll bring back with him when he comes back their bodies will be resurrected and changed then at that point. All right. So let's go over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians in chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And let's look at verse 22. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 22. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So if you're in Christ, you'll be made alive. Now, of course... We were all in Adam, and if you're still in Adam, you're going to die. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. We all sin, Romans 3.23. So a confirmation that yes, we all have to die. If you do die before the rapture, Jesus will make you alive. Let's go over to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Now this is a great story about Lazarus. Who was a friend of Jesus and Lazarus's two sisters uh, are there, and they're and they're confronting Jesus about why he didn't come sooner and prevent Lazarus from dying. John chapter eleven and verse twenty-three, Jesus saith unto unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. And Jesus saith unto her thy brother shall rise again. And Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. So that's the first group of people right there. The people that had died. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Confirmation from the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So the first group of people that are, uh, so the first group of people are going to be the dead in Christ. Then the second group that's leaving are those that are alive in Christ. Let's go back to First Thessalonians chapter four. First Thessalonians chapter four and verse number fifteen. First Thessalonians four fifteen. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. So. We who are alive and remain shall come up immediately after. Now, I don't know how soon after. It could be a split second. I don't know. But what I do know is that we won't precede them. Okay, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 53. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 53. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So right now we occupy a body that's corrupt and is mortal, and it's deteriorating rapidly. at least mine is, okay? When the rapture happens, we receive a brand new one. And I'm really, really so looking forward to that. In fact, both groups receive new bodies, both the dead in Christ and the alive in Christ. Let's look over at Philippians chapter 3, and let's get a little bit more on that, okay? Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 20. Philippians 3 verse 20. For our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Wow, what a promise. What a promise. Our new body is going to be like his. According to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Now, there's a lot of power involved there. There's a lot of power involved there. And he has the power to do it. There's no doubt about it. But it does take power to do that sort of thing. So it's going to happen. Uh, we're going to have uh, an incredible new body, for lack of a better term. Another thing that's going to happen uh, to those that are leaving is that they're going to they're face a judgment. All right, let's look at Romans. Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. And let's look at verse number 10. Romans 14 and verse 10. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now he's talking about believers when we receive our new bodies. And the point of the verse is that you shouldn't be overly concerned about what your brother is doing or not doing. You know, we're all here to love each other and we're all here to help each other and we're all here to pray for each other. You know, if somebody's struggling with something, I mean, what do we do? We pray for them, like we do for Adam and Bernice and and for Pastor Martin earlier. We pray for them. We lift them up. You know, don't worry about what they're doing. Don't worry about what they're going through in a way that would be meddlesome. Okay? Does that make sense? Don't be a busybody. Just pray for them. Offer to help. Again, we all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, to be clear, the judgment seat of Christ has nothing to do with your salvation. Think about it. You wouldn't be standing before the judgment seat of Christ if you weren't saved. When you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, he'll judge the deeds that you've done in the body, whether they're good, which would be gold, silver, and precious stones, or if they're bad, wood, hay, and stubble. And he's going to judge them by fire, And if the fire devours them, what's left is what you'll be rewarded for. And prepare yourself. There may be a loss of rewards. So while we're here, we have an incentive to do good works to add to that pile of gold and silver and precious stones. You know, don't waste your time doing things that you know you won't be rewarded for. There's a lot of things in this world that we do that that amount to wood, hay, and stubble. You know, I look at my own life and I can identify a lot of things, you know, like uh, like binge watching a season of some show on Netflix when, when I have three books that I need to be studying, you know, or how about spending time restoring an old car or truck? I mean, what does it amount to? It amounts to nothing. Absolutely nothing. What should we be doing? Well, we should be working for the Lord. You could do that full time. You know, we're also gonna have uh, we're also gonna have new buddies, and we're gonna have new friends. Matthew chapter eight. Matthew Chapter eight. You know, the folks that are raptured out are gonna have new friends. Matthew chapter eight, and let's look at verse eleven. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And that would include us. So so you're going, to have some, you're going to have some new friends. You're going to have some new buddies. Uh, you're going to make a lot of new friends. There can be a lot of, I mean, think about it. There are a lot of people in heaven already. Some you know, most you don't. And I can't wait to meet them. You know, I can't wait to have fellowship with them in a perfect environment. You know, think about it. A perfect environment where sin is totally absent. There's no selfishness, free of any kind of sickness, free of any kind of potential loss. No one is going to die. You know, the Lord is reassuring us that that heaven is going to be a great place. Heaven's going to be a great place. All right, and we'll also get a new home. We'll also get a new home. Let's go over to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, Now, isn't that assuring? That's assuring. That's a promise. He didn't have to say that. He didn't have to say he was going to go prepare a place for us, but he is. It's, we have an incredible and amazing loving Savior, don't we? Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. So, you know, we can't imagine what it will what be like to be there with him. We can't imagine. Uh, the way it's going, you know, I, I can't even comprehend the way it's going to be, but I know this, it's going to be perfect. It's going to be perfect. That I can tell you, that I can guarantee. It's something to look forward to. It's something to comfort ourselves with. All of these things that the Lord have promised us, The rapture involves the leaving, but it also involves the listening. Those who are saved are listening for a sound. All right, what we're going to hear is something like a shout. Let's go over to Joshua, where a shout is used to great effect. Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. And I think most of us know this story, at least I hope you do. So here they are, they're marching around Jericho, trying to figure out a way to get into the place, because, you know, it's, it's quite a fortress. And God says, I'll tell you how to do it. Just listen to me. Joshua chapter 6, and verse 5. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. Well, okay, I guess we'll try that, right? <laughs> Sounds crazy, but yeah, it's what the Lord said, so uh, so let's let's it should work let's try it out verse 10 and joshua had commanded the people saying you shall not shout nor make any noise with your voice neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day i bid you shout then shall ye shout so drawing a parallel with the rapture you know we're not going to hear that shout until it's time to go there's no warm up there's no like ha you know fake it out no, no no nothing like that when the shout happens we're out of here just like that, out of here. Verse 16, And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. And the wall fell down flat, just as the Lord promised. Again, the shout was involved. Okay, uh, let's look in First Samuel. First Samuel, uh, for another example of a shout being used to accomplish something. First Samuel chapter 4. 1 Samuel chapter 4 and verse number 5. And when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted with a great shout so that the earth rang again. That must have been a pretty loud shout. Amen. And when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, what meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Jebus? And they said, and they understood that the ark of the Lord was coming to the camp and the Philistines were afraid for they said, God has come into the camp. And they said, Woe unto us, for there hath not been such a thing heretofore. And there's never been a thing heretofore of what we're going to hear when we're called up. Amen? It'll be clearly recognizable. It'll be clearly unmistakable. Even if you're losing your hearing, you'll still hear it. Even if your hearing aid is turned off, you'll still hear it. All right, let's go to Ezra chapter 3. Ezra chapter 3. Ezra chapter three and verse ten, and uh, this is the story of the Israelites returning from Babylon. They're starting to rebuild what uh, was once Jerusalem, the walls and the temple and all that. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with symbols to praise the Lord after the ordinance of the king of, of, of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by chorus in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. Well, that's a promise. That's a promise right there. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers, who were ancient men, that had seen the first house, when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice. Well, wept, why? Why would they weep? Because they were so happy it was being rebuilt. And many shouted aloud for joy. There's more than one way to show joy. You know, you can cry about it. You can laugh about it. So that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off. So again, a shout is being utilized. All right, let's look at one more. One more. Psalm 47. So we're listening for a shout. We're listening for a shout. Psalm 47. Psalm 47 and verse 5. God has gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. So the sound accompanies the Lord. We we could be assured that, that it will when he comes to get us too. So another thing we should be listening for, or what we will hear, is the voice of the archangel, Daniel chapter 12, Daniel 12. Let's learn a little bit about Michael, and uh, you know, Michael is always associated with Israel. Michael is mentioned a couple of times in scripture, and this is probably the most descriptive passage that we have concerning him, Daniel chapter 12, and verse number one. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. Well who's that? Who's who is that who who are the thy people? Well it's Israel. They're God's people, Israel. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was, since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. So there's a reference to the Great Tribulation. Michael does represent the Jewish people. Let's go over to Jude. Jude is that little book right before the book of Revelation. A little vestibule, it's been called. Uh, Jude, it's only one chapter, so it'll be Jude, verse 9. Yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. So Michael is apparently tussling with Satan over Moses' body. Well, why Moses? Well, because Moses was the leader of the Israelites, he led them out of Egypt. All right, Moses was not allowed to enter the promised land, but at the same time, Michael is still involved with the Jewish people. So uh, another thing that we'll be listening for is the trump of God. The trump is the noise that a trumpet makes, and the trump is the voice of God. Let's look over in Revelation. The book of Revelation, and chapter chapter 1. Revelation, chapter 1. The Apostle John, who was exiled to Patmos, wrote this book. uh, The Revelation of Jesus Christ, Revelation, chapter 1, and verse 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and heard behind me a great voice, as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches, which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. So obviously the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ is what he heard, and it sounded like a trumpet. It sounded like a trumpet. Revelation chapter 4, and verse 1. After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Well, there's that phrase, come up hither. Uh, we're going to hear that, and we certainly won't be confused by it. But that was John's impression of the sound that he heard. All right, 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, and let's look at verse 51. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. So again, it's a reference to the rapture of those who died and sleep in the Lord and those who are alive. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. So again, a reference to that trumpet, you know, that sound. So we'll hear that, the trump of God. The voice will sound like thunder according to the Gospel of John. Uh, the, the thunder and voice are connected with going up several times. And you can look those up. You can look those up. They're fascinating verses over in, uh, in Job in the song of Solomon Psalms and Isaiah. So um, what else does a rapture involve? What else does the rapture involve? The leaving, the listening and also the looking, the looking. Let's look over in Luke 21, Luke chapter 21, Luke chapter 21. And let's get into verse number 28. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. He says, Look up, look up, lift up your heads. You know, sometimes I'll be driving along and I'll look to the north because, you know, the, the Bible makes makes inferences that the sides of the north are where the Lord will be coming from or where he'll call us toward. You know, and I'm thinking, I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready. You know, especially, especially after what I've been dealing with and I've, what I've been going through. Man, I'm ready. I am ready. So, uh, so we're looking, we're looking. The Lord Jesus encourages us to look, you know, it's been said that we don't look for a sign, but we listen for a sound. And at the same time, he gives us advanced warnings so we can know that the time is at hand. All right. And then there's ungodliness, ungodliness. Let's look over at second Timothy. All we have to do is kind of look around, right? I mean, if you're alive today, uh, you can't help but think it's close. You can't help but think it's close. I mean, the Bible describes it perfectly. Just look around, just look around. Second Timothy chapter three, and let's look at verse one. For men, uh, sorry, verse one. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despises of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Well, that pretty much describes our situation, doesn't it? That pretty much does. They also live in a sense of uh, false peace and false security. You know, I'm, I'm often amazed by some of the things that I hear people say that just defy common sense and logic, right? Aren't you? Uh, they defy you know, what's obvious. It's amazing. It's it's utterly amazing. Let's look over to First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5, and let's look at verse 3. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. You know, they come up with things like uh, like the climate accords. You know, I, I was reading something not too long ago, and someone said that this, is, that this new climate accord was going to prevent hurricanes. Right? And I'm thinking, you know, why would you make a statement like that? I mean, these people are so deluded. It's a false peace. It's a false sense of security. You know, they're relying on things that have no substance, no grounding in any kind of scientific method, and certainly not grounded in the word, right? Certainly not. You know, the Bible encourages common sense. If you just look around you, you can see what's going on. Don't try to deny it, you know. Uh, And that's the tact that the unsaved use. You know, they deny reality. You know, that's the situation nowadays. Darkness prevails. There's darkness all around us now. Look over at Mark chapter 13. Mark chapter 13. You know, we know it's close, folks. We know it's close. Mark chapter 13, and let's look at verse 35. Mark 13, verse 35. Watch ye therefore, for you know not when the master of the house cometh, at even or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. So you know, we should be about the Father's business, amen? You know, Doing what he would have us to do. It's clearly laid out before us right here in this book. We don't have to guess about it. We don't have to think about it. You just have to do it. Now, we know that this is the last watch according to what the book says. Let's look over in Hosea. Hosea chapter 6. Hosea chapter 6, and let's look at verse 1. Come, and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn, and he will heal us. He hath smitten, and he will bind us up. After two days he will revive us. In the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. You know, studying the scriptures a little bit more, we understand that to the Lord, a thousand years is as one day, and one day is as a thousand years. And if you take that and extrapolate that a little bit, you'll understand that it's been 2,000 years since the Lord Jesus walked the earth. Those two two days, those 2,000 years are basically up. So at any time in that third day, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, folks. It's going to happen. We're right there. We're right there. Look over in Second Peter, Second Peter, and let's look at chapter 3, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. So there it is, there it is, often the writings of Peter. So when darkness abounds, so does artificial light. It's the deception that goes on. Everything is fine. Don't worry about it. You know, pay more money. Everything will be fine. We'll create a new problem to solve, but it's going to take your money to solve it. Just give us your money. Then you'll have this false sense of security. And that's, what they, and that's what they want. And that's what they want you to believe. But we need to make sure that we're looking at the right light. Let's look over in John chapter 8. John chapter 8. We're almost done. John chapter 8. There's only one right light. John chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 8, verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. That's the promise right there. There's a promise right there. It's contained right here in his word. We equate the Lord Jesus Christ with his word. There's no separating them. So there it is right there. We have the promises that will comfort us. We have the promises that will purify us. We have the promises that will encourage us to godly living and give us patience. I mean, it's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing, and there's nothing that you can compare to it, and it really should lift your spirits, and we should have a thankful heart that we have these promises. Amen? Amen. And folks, unfortunately, that is all the time that we have for today on this episode. And uh, I just want to say thank you once again to everyone who's been tuning in and listening. You know, we really do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, when you have a chance, go over to our website, of the com and fill out that Contact Us form. Send me some feedback, uh, any questions, comments, prayer requests, anything that's on your heart, anything that's on your mind. And, you know, as the Lord leads you, while you're there, you know, if the Lord is tugging on your heartstrings that you want to help us out a little bit with, with this uh, podcast and this ministry uh why don't you just click that support this podcast button and uh, contribute whatever it is that you can uh 99 cents 499 999 however the lord leads you and we would greatly appreciate it and uh i just want to say thank you again have a great memorial day and until we meet again may god bless you and have a great day
1: Trails to you keep smiling until then. Who cares about the clouds if we're together? Just sing a song and bring the sunny weather. Happy trails.
2: That's about it, really. The film ends mainly visually.